welcome back to the Max Sports Connection podcast, all Maction all the time. I'm your host, Alex the Captain. Today, I've got another special guest. I don't know if I want to call him a guest because he's he's a good friend, um, but we'll call him a special guest anyway. Uh, this week, I've got Micah Butel joining me, who did me a solid with some bowl game coverage. Micah, thank you so much for coming on to the show this week. Talk about your bowl game experience. Looking forward to speaking to you. Absolutely. The pleasure is is all mine. I've been listening for a while now, so to finally be on the show. I'm a little salty that technically, I, mean, I, I can never say it right, Brigadier Bronco got to be the first one, but I guess, you know, <laughs> sometimes they save the second for best, right? You know, Yeah, th- so, yeah that, that's exactly but, what it was. <laughs> but no, it was... <laughs> It's it's a pleasure to be on and really excited to talk about our experiences as fans as bowl games this year and obviously just cover, you know, what what is the Arizona Bowl. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I mean, let's just get right into it. Uh, Saturday, December 23rd, you did quite a day. Uh, you hit two Mac bowl games. Uh, you started with the Camellia Bowl between Northern Illinois, Arkansas State, and then you traveled, what, two hours, two and a half hours for the Eastern Michigan, South Alabama, 68 Ventures Bowl? Yeah, two and a half is what it was. So, well, three hours if you want to factor the 30 minutes from when you pull onto campus to get to your parking spot, but <laughs> two and a half hours of actual traveling time. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, I'll, you know, I'll kind of let you take this. Uh, talk about that experience. Um, we'll start with the Camellia Bowl. Obviously, Northern Illinois wins this one against Arkansas State. Arkansas State, 21 to 19. Uh, some people, uh, we'll just talk about the questionable call there at the end, were, were concerned that the officials had too much of a hand in deciding the outcome of that game. But uh, what what was your initial thought on that? He was offsides. Okay. Anyone that says he wasn't, I mean, I get the whole ticky-tacky, like, you know, because – so what it was, so I don't know if you saw the video that I posted, Alex. I'm sure you probably did on our mm-hmm. on the page for you all. You know, you can see that his head is leaning over the line. And to this day, I'm still so max. So the way the Camellia or the Crampton Bowl, not the Camellia Bowl, the Crampton Bowl Stadium is set up, you can stand and kind of follow the, the pace of play on that home side. Mm-hmm. And I debated whether I should stand on the line where they're kicking off or the line that they had to get. I chose the line that you had to get, which okay. looking back on it now kind of stinks because I would have had a better angle of the offsides if I would have sure. gone from the kicking side. But you can see that his head is leaning across the line. And I understand that's ticky-tacky. I understand that, you know, that stinks. But the rules are the rules. And sure. at the end of the day, if you are past the line of scrimmage when the ball before the ball is kicked, I don't care if it's your face mask. I don't care if it's your hands. You're across the line of scrimmage. You know, that's the definition of offsides in football. So it's the offsides on a kickoff. I mean, because at the end of the day, how would you feel if you're a Northern Illinois fan seeing my angle and going, wow, they didn't call offsides on that. <laughs> sure, sure. So, you know, that was obviously tough for Arkansas State, and I don't blame them for being upset. I mean, I, I also hear the argument, well, NIU should have just recovered it, and I also agree with that. Like, you can't not catch the ball there. That's a real tough look for them, but – I mean, he was offsides, in my opinion, and at the end of the day, I mean, I always say ball doesn't lie. Well, second kick was pretty clearly recovered by NIU, so ball doesn't lie. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, let's let's kind of run back to the top of this game. You you saw a little bit of everything in this one. I mean, this one got a little bit chippy. Um, this one had play fakes where we saw a kicker run for a touchdown. Um, 
this one just seemed to have a little bit of everything. Kind of talk about your experience and and the bowl as a whole. Yeah, so on the game side, I mean, that was – I want to give huge credit to Coach Hannock and that staff for choosing to just stick to a game plan of being aggressive. Like, not, like, not once, but twice they fail on aggressive play calling. And you think, okay, they're going to put that away. Mm-hmm. No, like, they continue to do it throughout the game. And it was the difference in the game. I mean – I'm not saying that Arkansas State wasn't aggressive or didn't deserve to, like, wasn't, you know, the better team here. But it felt like NIU knew that they had to be aggressive in this game to win. Because Arkansas State, I mean, I'm just going to be honest, the better quarterback, in in my opinion, in this game was for the Red Wolves. I mean, I think Rayner is a fantastic quarterback. I mean, it's not the slight Rocky Lombardi, but, you know, Arkansas State had a lot more from a – building standpoint with this game with how young that team is than maybe NIU did where NIU obviously had some more senior leadership on mm-hmm. the roster. So I love the, the the decision to be aggressive because again, NIU hasn't won a bowl game in a really long time. Was it 2011 before like this? That. Yeah, it's been um, a long time. So, you know, I know it's before I was uh, graduated high school and, and I'm almost 10 years removed from that now. So, <laughs> you know, I know it was, it's been a while. So, you know, it's it's great to see that type of aggressive play calling and then not back down from it. Because sometimes you see, you know, you fail it once and then you just shy away from it. Now, it was continually the whole game. They went for it and I, I respect them for it. And similar to what they did with, you know, even that final drive to seal it. I mean, they didn't just do a normal halfback draw. I mean, they they pulled the linemen and they, they, they said, we're getting the first down. So that way, Arkansas State has no ability to stop us. We're going to end this game. They're not getting the ball back. And, you know, and I respected that play calling throughout the whole game. You know, again, it kind of backfired right before halftime there um, when Arkansas State scored right before the half because of a turnover. But, you know, that's, that's, you know, the ebbs and flows of the game. So I thought that was an incredible game plan from NIU. But from the standpoint of the bowl game, so I went to this bowl game last year, Alex, and um, I don't know how many Buffalo fans may have complained about it, not because they didn't travel at the level of Georgia Southern, but they, they didn't travel at the level of Georgia sure. Southern for that one. Um, but if you ask any Georgia Southern fan that went to Montgomery, I mean, there were literally stores um, that were making apparel saying, we survived Montgomery. Because that's how bad <laughs> that bowl game was. I okay. mean, it was, it was it was atrocious, if I'm just being honest. Like, you know, even I was treated pretty poorly. So they had listed on their website free parking right outside the stadium. Like literally it was on the website. It was in the email they sent to people that had tickets. Like, hey, know before you go, this is where you can park for free. So okay. we all show up and they're requiring 20 bucks to park. Mm. And it's only cash. And I'm, like in the modern world, who carries cash nowadays, right? right. <laughs> like right. most stadiums don't even take cash. So, you're, and they're basically saying you either pay or you got to turn around and leave. And it's like, it's 11 a.m., you know, in the morning, right? Like, for kickoff so you're getting there 8 8 30 right you don't want to deal with that first thing in the morning <laughs> so they did That's a rough the bowl game did a lot better job of you know they actually had security last year you could leave the stadium to go to the other side like you had to like actually leave the stadium or this year they the end zone area the way that that stadium is set up you do leave the stadium technically but they do what most of these schools do when you have a, a, that type of setup to where you leave the stadium but they still enclose it with security where, okay. so they had food trucks this year. So they actually had like 
the ability to get food. My favorite bowl game story, Alex, was last year at the Camellia Bowl, where I could, I at halftime, me and my buddy, we didn't, we saw how long the concession lines were, and we're like, well, we can leave the stadium, and we're like, there's a Wendy's, like two tenths of a mile up the road, mm-hmm. so we walked to Wendy's and got a four for four, ate it at Wendy's, and got back in time for kickoff. <laughs> That's amazing. It was, yeah, it was, it was one of the more like this shouldn't be happening, but. Oh, well, kind of thing. So sure. I, I always, I joke, you didn't even have to have a ticket to the game. Like if you showed up at kickoff, you could have said, oh, my ticket's already been scanned and they just would have let you in. So, you know, it was, it was a disaster last year. They did a much better job this year, which also prefaces too. I mean, Arkansas State didn't travel as well as um, Georgia Southern did, but I mean, I was impressed in, in both situations. We'll get to the 68 Ventures poll, but Northern Illinois showed up a lot more than I thought they would. I'm mm-hmm. not trying to slander that fan base because that's not my, my attempt, but you know, that's that's not a very convenient drive. We're talking two days before Christmas. We're talking an 11 a.m. Right. kickoff. Like, nothing – I mean, and just to, to be honest, like, of the destinations of, of bowl games for the MAC, I mean, I would argue it might be the worst destination. I mean, okay. correct me if you think I'm wrong, but – Montgomery, Alabama is not super convenient to get to. You got to fly to Birmingham to get there or mm-hmm. Atlanta. If you want to rent a car and drive a little bit more distance, you get a cheaper flight, but it's not super convenient. You know, there's a lot of history in Montgomery, but there's not, it's not really a tourist city. Right. Sure. And, and that stadium is, it's old. I mean, just, that's just plain and simple. It's old. It's, mm-hmm. there's nothing like it, If you, if you put it, if you put that in the tier of ranking the max stadiums, I don't know. Like, I think the closest thing to it that might be as bad. It's not the slander Dick Stadium, but everyone calls it a glorified high school field. That's kind of what it is. It's just a glorified high school field over there in Montgomery. It's it's just old, so it's not a great, attractive experience for many people. Again, I thought they did a great job of this year, making it a lot more fan friendly. But you know, too, if you're an NIU fan, you know when the bowl game got announced, Alex, if you go to the Camellia Bowl's like official announcement. And you go to the comments underneath it. It's literally Georgia Southern fans saying, "Don't go, don't go." Hope it's yeah, last. I remember don't seeing go, that. Don't go. Like, <laughs> I know, I know for a fact. If I was an NIU fan, that'd probably scare me off. If you're telling me I gotta, you know, travel right before Christmas, sure, and sure. probably not a very cheap, convenient trip. So, sure. very impressed with the NIU turnout. Um, and I, I really, I mean. I went to three bowl games this year. Unfortunately, nothing's going to top the famous toastery bowl, but that was for different reasons. Sure. <laughs> um, you know, that was just an incredible, incredible job. Like NIU was involved. Fan base was involved the whole game. And, you know, just from the game standpoint, I think my favorite part was you got a little bit of, of two, two, I mean, it was a tale of two halves. You have yeah. a, a first half that, you know, you know I'm, I'm posting videos on the page for you, Alex, that, it's like these NIU cheerleaders are going to be jacked by the time this game's over at this mm-hmm. rate. Mm-hmm. And that was the last time they did those push-ups all game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the defense had to stand tall in the second half and they did exactly that. And I mean, I still think the NIU probably could have scored on that last possession if they wanted to, but you know, obviously why would you? So it's, you know, it's, it was a, it was an overall fantastic game. And, you know, again, coming up large, that two point conversion stop uh, to end the game. Cause what Arkansas state scored that, I'm standing right on NIU's sideline, and you you didn't see anything change from that team. And I thought that was super impressive because, you know, I know for me and the way the Arkansas State faithful reacted on the other side, it was kind of like, oh, shoot, this game's going overtime. 
Sure. And sure. No, everything, everything about that sideline was like, cool. You scored a touchdown. You still got to score here. And they stood tall. So that was really awesome to see. Well, that's awesome. Let's uh, let's flip over to 68 Ventures Bowl. Obviously, you know, the the narrative after the Camellia Bowl started to change, like, hey, maybe the MAC isn't the isn't the conference that that looks the worst. And then the 68 Ventures Bowl happened. Uh South Alabama took it to Eastern Michigan 59 to 10. And and really it wasn't even that close. Just just well, you know, I sat here at home watching this one. Um, and you obviously were there. The the highlight really came after after the game, um, the unfortunate highlight. But let's let's just dive into this one real quick. We'll we'll blow through the recap on this because, of course, not much in terms of things for Eastern Michigan here. But uh, yeah, go ahead and talk about your experience down there. I'm gonna keep this family friendly on my opinion, but <laughs> I thought it was complete BS. The pairing, I mean, that was that was pathetic. Like. We're in a world, Alex, where what do we get told? It's all about it's all about TV ratings. It's all about, you know, what's the best, most sexy matchup we can have? Mm-hmm. And that's what they came up with? Like, yeah. I, I'm not trying to slander Eastern Michigan, but let's be real. They were probably, what, the most fraudulent bowl team in the MAC? I mean, they, they were 0-2 against their in-state rivals. You know, they, they, they benefited from a pretty decent non-conference schedule. I mean, if you had to power rank the bowl teams, Alex, again, I don't want to speak for you, but I know for myself, Eastern Michigan would have been at the bottom. And I would argue that I would I would have rather seen, like, you know, in terms of quality of team, Central Michigan, who obviously missed the bowl game. Sure. You know, and it was, what, four and eight or five and seven. But five and seven. That you know, year, I just, yeah. yeah, I just, I just didn't like the, the pairing to begin with. I mean, selfishly, I was so glad South Alabama was at home because I could count it towards my journey of trying to go to every FBS stadium and, the end of the day, the end zone still sits South Alabama. The band was still there. And I'm just gonna be frank, they made it a South Alabama home game. And sure. I don't mean just like how the how the fans were, because obviously it was a South Alabama pro crowd, but I mean they did light shows only when South Alabama scored. They did, you know, the entrance was South Alabama's entrance with light shows. Eastern Michigan didn't get a light show. They got their they got their video and their, you know, obviously the factory bricks, but it just was a very it just I mean, the parking was set up obviously the same way as South Alabama. The tickets were being sold by South Alabama. The only difference for South Alabama was what sideline they used. And from what I understand, I'm pretty sure they even still use their home locker room. So, so it's I I, I kind of want to talk on that for a quick second. You know, I I am not opposed to Southern universities uh, getting to host bowl games. In fact, I think that's a great opportunity, and I fully support it. I do, however, believe. Nobody should be allowed to be a participant in their own home stadium as a bowl for a bowl game. You know, I, you know, you talk about the pairing, whatever. Um, for me, South Alabama getting to host and then also participate in the game that they were hosting, even as the quote unquote away team. I mean, that, that to me just feels wrong as a football fan. Um, and you know, some people say, oh, well, they deserved it. They earned it. And it's like, no, they didn't earn it. They they're they're a southern program who just happens to have a college football stadium to host a bowl game. So I I that that's really kind of my biggest gripe from from this situation. I know you talked about the matchup and everything, but for me, like Eastern Michigan, even if they made this a game, to me it didn't feel like it was going they were going to have an opportunity just because 
they weren't they they were so far from home that this was a true home game for South Alabama, despite being the visitors. I mean, to be honest, I think it should have been switched. I should have been watching Northern Illinois and Arkansas State and Mobile, and I should have been watching South Alabama and Eastern Michigan and in Montgomery. Because yeah. I agree with you to a point. I have no problem, you know, because obviously I'm sure you're aware, Alex, it's all a selection thing. There's a priority yeah. order of who gets to pick what, when, and where, why, and how. I don't have a problem if 6-6 six and six South Alabama is at the bottom of the pile and the 68 Ventures Bowl has, two, has to pick between South Alabama and we'll just say Georgia Southern, right? Those sure. are your two options at 6-6. Six and six. Like, fine. But the Sun Belt had, what, five six teams at six and six you can't yeah, tell had, me they that they line. couldn't have pulled <laughs> you can't tell me they couldn't have pulled somebody else to put in mobile like they had seven again, teams at six and six and, we, and we've seen this before i mean alex my my first ever bowl game as a virginia fan was back in 2016 or 17 in the military bowl and we played navy a 10 and 2 navy team we were six and six like the, a, another pairing that's just not very fair. Like we kind of saw it today in the military bowl, Alex, like, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't obviously a home game for Virginia tech, but they got put in a very regionally friendly game, right? Like to I be mean, the closest game, maybe minus Charlotte, they could have been placed in, but again, they were six and six going against 11 and two. I don't right. necessarily have a, like if South Alabama was six and six and we would have given them Toledo, right. Our Mac runner up or Miami of Ohio, our Mac champion, like fine. Because at least, you know, the home field advantage is almost negated, you know, by the fact that we have a team that's, you know, arguably one of our best. I mean, sure. South Alabama, like, it, it's so funny because, again, I'm very mad at the college football playoff committee still about what they did at Florida State. Like, South Alabama beat Oklahoma State by, like, 30 points, who is considered a quality win for Texas in the Big 12 championship game. Mm-hmm. And we're pairing them with Eastern Michigan in a home game. <laughs> yeah. it just it just wasn't like again. I I don't want to. I want to be clear. The South Alabama staff that worked it did did their very best to make it neutral. They brought in their like they brought in a separate DJ from the ones that do their home games. They did Eastern Michigan's third down song like they always do. They did the like so it was they they did their very best. They even brought Eastern Michigan's like like they got basically their entire marketing team to provide them kickoff songs and and all that stuff, right? So mm-hmm. they they did their best like audio and obviously visual is completely you know neutral right. with just sixty eight ventures logos and stuff. So they did their best. People that complained about the end zones, I don't think any team should have to rip up their end zones for a bowl game. Like it's inconvenient that it says South Alabama and the end zones on both sides, but. Oh, well, like <laughs> it is what sure. it is. Sure. I mean, the scoreboard's got a giant, giant Jaguar on it. So <laughs> I'd be more concerned about that if you asked me than the end zones. But that's fair. You know, it was it just was from the start. I mean, it's just I mean, it. I, I changed into my eastern Michigan hat and it was so strange because it was just like like people were looking at me like, wait, there's an eastern Michigan fan here. And I want to mm-hmm. be very clear. I was very impressed with the amount of green that was there. Eastern Michigan yeah. showed up. Now, I would say probably 60% of it was parents, but they showed out. I mean, it was like considering what it was, I was very impressed. And I, I don't want to be negative towards South Alabama. That stadium was probably only 80% full, Alex. For a team seeking their first ever bowl win at home before Christmas, like I feel like it's easier to attend a bowl game before Christmas than after. I might be speaking for myself, but. I would argue after, like, when you have that weird week between the holidays, it's a lot harder to travel. 
than it is right before. So you mentioned the 80%. Um, according to ESPN, it was about 82%. So you aren't far oh, off wow. about almost <laughs> 21,000 people in attendance. Their capacity is yeah. 25.5. So you, you were pretty close on that. <laughs> and even then, like, you could argue it was maybe even less than that that actually was in the seats at any given sure. time. But I know how it works. You know, people are on the concourse. People are, mm-hmm. you know, there's standing room spots that you're maybe not sitting in your seats, but you're counting towards the number, obviously. But it was just... Like, I had such high hopes, especially coming after the Camellia Bowl, right? I was like, man, so like, and especially too, when I'm stuck in traffic, taking me 30 minutes to get to my parking spot, which I was spoiled thanks to you being media. You know, I was literally right parked right outside the stadium. It took me 20 steps to get to the media gate. It was awesome. Right. But to get to my spot, so 25 to 30 minutes, I'm like, like, you ever, if you ever played the NCA game where it's, you know, um, Chris Fowler, Chris Fowler, yeah, Fowler going, you know, uh, and there's a giant traffic jam on interstate, yada, 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 as fans are planning to pile in, you know, to insert yeah, stadium here. Yeah. Like, that's what it felt like. I was like, holy crap, like, this is awesome. Like, you see people walking from their parking spots, like, in the free lots across campus. Right. Like, you're like, this is going to be, like, there's going to be an atmosphere. And there was, but not, like, what I had hoped to see. And they're like, well, students are gone. And I'm like, I get that, but I mean, like, you're a student. How do you not come? Like if you if, if 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 the student fan base is like the difference, right? Like oh, they would have been here if they were here. Like how do you not come back? Like mm-hmm. I mean, your team was like I was talking to a couple of South Alabama fans early in the first quarter, and they're like, "Yeah, we drove four hours for this." And I'm like, "Okay, like that's really cool." And like the guy literally says, "Only reason why I was determined to come was I knew we were going to get our first bowl win tonight," and I didn't blame them. Like they were seventeen and a half what seventeen and a half point favorites going into the yeah. day, like. You know, if I was a fan of that team, you had to play in your home stadium, a place you're familiar, and you're more than likely going to win the football game. Why would you not be excited about that? So, yeah, it was from the very get-go. I mean, Eastern Michigan was in trouble. And, you know, obviously South Alabama punches them right in the mouth to start with that field goal. And then I think it was a quick turnover. I think it was. It it got out of hand really early in that one. Yeah. I mean – I was with Mike CFB campus tour the whole game. And it was, it was so funny because I pointed out to him, like, look at the scoreboard. This is in the fourth quarter. I'm like, they only have 70 something yards of total offense. Yeah. He's like, I got to go get a picture of that. Cause like, you know, think about the amount of games that Mike has been to. I mean, I've been right. to a lot. I've never seen anything like that. Sure. I mean, they sure. just couldn't do, they couldn't do a lick. And I know obviously they were down to their backup and, you know, South Alabama is, probably the best six and six group of five team in college football. Like, sorry, not to bad mouth any six and six Mac teams, but I mean, if South Alabama doesn't kind of crap on themselves a couple of times in conference play, they're probably nine and three. And they sure. were midway. They, they were in late October, potentially going to win the Sunbelt West. Like they had, if they beat Troy, they're going to be in the Sunbelt championship game. So, mm-hmm. you know, this was a team that was much better than their record. It just, I felt bad for, I, I, there were a couple of Eastern Michigan fans. I wish I, I remember one's name was Brad. So Brad, if you're listening, I told you to check this podcast out. Shout out to you. He's like, yeah, I've, I've, he goes to every Eastern Michigan bowl game. He reminds me of, uh, I can never get his name right. Vansy on Twitter, but like, mm. he's so pro EMU. Like he's like, I, I haven't missed a bowl game since, I guess, since Creighton's really started this run. And I was right. like, wow, that's really impressive. And he's like, yeah, this was the hardest one to convince myself to go to because we've had bad experiences here in Mobile from like how the game is gone. Plus, yep, I mean, he knew it was going to be a road game for them. He knew they were probably going to get beat. 
But again, it was it just it, it was it was a shame because I was really hoping there was like we were going to get at least a quality game for a quarter or two, but we didn't even get that. Sure. Well, and you know, I I don't want to sit too long on this one because again, not really too many highlights to come from come from this game. Uh, but you know, obviously the the dramatics after the fact. Uh, of course, don't help Eastern Michigan. Um, it looks like there was an apology issued by EMU and by the player um, in question. And again, I really don't want to talk on that because I don't want to continue to bring attention to that as well. Um, yeah. But it looks like, you know, just just a bad experience for Eastern Michigan this time out. And um, obviously, Chris Creighton's got to, you know, got to sit down look at the drawing board and say, all right, what do we got to do next year? So hopefully Eastern Michigan can bounce back. They're a program who's been on the rise in the Mac um, looking to move forward. Um, speaking of other programs moving forward and on the rise in the Mid-American Conference, let's uh, let's briefly touch on this Bowling Green game. We've got about, mm, about 10 minutes left here. Uh, touch on this Bowling Green game, and then we'll dive into Toledo taking on Wyoming in the Arizona or the Barstool Arizona Bowl. But uh, this Bowling Green-Minnesota game, I had my hopes up for Bowling Green. I thought, hey, you know, good opportunity to get this bowl win. Darius Taylor destroyed the Bowling Green defensive line. He had a rushing career high of 208 yards. And Minnesota still only escaped with a six-point victory. I was not that impressed with bowling greens defense i was i was okay with their offense they you know they moved the ball uh decently specifically in the second half the first half not so hot uh they actually actually had more yards than minnesota did um on the game but minnesota just looked so good in this game um for a team who really record-wise didn't deserve to be in a bowl game they were sitting at five and seven uh they end up winning this they're six and seven to finish the year but I, Bowling Green has come a long way since the Mike's, Mike Jinks era, and I know there, there are Bowling Green fans who will disagree with me and, and say, oh, this was terrible. Mike Jinks was six years ago. Bowling Green mm-hmm. was 2-10, and 3-9. and nine. This, the, They were awful. And now Bowling Green's finally getting back to bowl games. Um, Scott Leffler has done a fantastic job of rebuilding this program and really rebuilding it from the ground up from a spot where they were, they were not good. The, a spot that they just, I, I, I want to say they were Oh, and five during the pandemic year. Like th- this, this is a program who just bottomed out entirely from the Mike Jinx era. Scott Leffler has worked tirelessly to rebuild this. And it's been really, really awesome to see, um, so hats off to Minnesota, you know, not again, not too much to really take from this Bowling Green's returning some key starters next year, looking to be competitive, of course, in the Mid-American Conference. Um, we have one bowl game left. Unfortunately, the Mac is sitting at two and three, looking like they're not going to repeat as the bowl challenge champions, uh, which that's OK. They've won it twice now. Um but let's get into this last one here. Like I said, you know, just a few minutes left here, but we've got Toledo taking on Wyoming. Out at the Barstool Arizona Bowl. What are your initial thoughts? I'm sorry to you, Alex. I know you're a Toledo guy, and I know there's probably some Toledo people listening. Uh, in my bowl pick my confidence of Wyoming winning is 39. Okay. Um, I don't like Toledo in this spot, and that's 
that's not a slander to what Jason Candle has and this team has accomplished this year. Sure. But we were talking obviously off the show. I mean, we're talking offensive players of the year all over the field for, you know, first team all Mac guys, you know, obviously not suiting up for for Toledo in this one or in the portal. And I'm sure you know this, Alex, and hopefully our listeners do as well. But this is Craig Bowles' last game as Wyoming's head football coach. Mm -hmm. A very legendary coach who, I mean, I've met the man. I was interviewed actually for a job outside of college when I graduated at Wyoming, got to meet him. He is so respected by everyone in that athletic department, in that community, and by his players. I just – Toledo, the regular season Toledo is better than the regular season Wyoming. But I don't think with what's not playing for Toledo and just what it is for Wyoming. And, and people have to remember, too, you know, Wyoming last year in the, in the Barstool Bowl against Ohio, you know, the, the fan, that was a, a very pro-Wyoming crowd. I expect something similar again, you know, especially with it being Craig Bowles' last game. Sure. They're familiar with it, you know. I mean, they they actively chose to be in this game again. Like, people don't necessarily know that, but you know, there's a lot of schools that won't play in the bowl game due to the sponsorship, which, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion with that. Wyoming was so for it because it's it's on national television now with it being on the CW this year and not just, you yeah. know, hit it on barstoolsports.com. I just – this is a great chance for Toledo and the MAC to really send a statement on national television, but – I just think that there's just too much working against Toledo in this one. Yeah, I think you mentioned the you know Toledo not having, of course, uh, Mac player or Mac MVP this year, uh, DeQuan Finn. Uh, he's committed to Baylor, so he will not be playing for the Rockets in this bowl game. And then Penny Boone just officially announced that he is in the transfer portal. Um, this is you know this is this is big for this Toledo offense. You know Penny Boone obviously winning the Mac Offensive Player of the Year. Um, his 1400 yards and 15 touchdowns are going to be a big loss for this team to that point though, Tucker Gleason came in last year and won a few games for Toledo while Daquan Finn was injured. Um, and so Tucker Gleason has a lot of familiarity with this offense. He's comfortable with this offense. He understands these players. Um, he does get, uh, Jacques Stewart in his backfield. He does get, uh, Jawan Newton, uh, receiving the ball, and he's got Anthony Torres, uh, the tight end who transferred from Western Michigan, who has had you know a breakout, especially in the second half of this year. He does get those tools to kind of utilize and to kind of move forward. But it'll be really interesting to see. I like Toledo's defense. You know, you're you know Peasley is not going to try to pick on um, Quinion Mitchell too much. Uh, the two-time All-American for Toledo, but it's it's going to be really interesting to see. You know, they I think the Toledo defense matches up really well against this Wyoming offense. It's going to come down to what this Toledo offense, what wrinkles they can kind of put into the game um, to counter this Wyoming defense. And I think this is going to be a good one. I think that the line being at three is a really good line. Um. That 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 spread is that is going to be a really, uh, really it's a it's the right spread. You know, I think that this is going to be an evenly contested game. This is going to be a game that it's going to come down to probably the final possession. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you, and I guess I mean, I think it's first the twenty wins. I, I really do. I think this probably. game's going to be, you know, the, the the big joke is what a, it's a Big Ten West type game. This will be a yeah. a Big Ten West kind of game. Yep. 
no, I, I completely agree with you. And yeah, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. I'm excited uh, for this one. Obviously, want the Mac to do well, try to try to win this one, and finish bowl season 500. You know, six teams playing in bowl games, getting back to 500 in bowl season would look really really good for the conference, and kind of help to put to rest a little bit some of that discussion of the Mac's the worst FBS conference. You know, we'll see. Last year they won the bowl challenge cup. They they got a few quality wins. This year, looking to try to do the same. Um, and yeah, so we'll see. I'm excited for this one. That game is at 4.30 Eastern time on the CW, like you mentioned, um, or over on the Barstool website um, on December 30th. So that'll be Saturday. And then we're done. And then we're done with Mac Bowl games. Hard to, hard to believe that that's happening. Yeah, it's it's hard to believe it's that quick and I'm not on the show very often. I just want to make it very clear the Mac is not the worst FBS conference. If, <laughs> if anyone wants to come debate me, I was at the CUSA title. I will gladly have this debate with anybody. <laughs> um, well, well, cool. Micah, as we wrap this up, um, you know, give me a kind of quick, you know, quick m- under a minute. Just tell people kind of what you do, what uh, what's going on and where they can follow you on social media. Yeah, so you can follow me on all my social media, mbutel25. You've probably seen some sort of core tweet or Alex. Thank you for all the shout outs you've given me on the podcast site. So feel free to follow me on there. I'd like to think I'm a fun college football follow. I'm trying to go to every FBS stadium. I've been to 84 of them for games. So we're, we're, we're chugging along. I am the director of marketing for an FCS school in East Tennessee State for athletics. So, you know, you'll you'll see some ETSU stuff on there, too. But Grew up an Akron fan, grew up in Northeast Ohio. My first ever sporting event was an Akron-Marshall game where Marshall blew a 28-0 lead on a Friday night on ESPN to lose to Akron 31-28 uh, yep. when it was six degrees. So that was my first – that's what sparked my love for college football. So, you know, the Mac is really the what what made me who I am, I guess, in that sense, which is the, the sicko that loves college football so much. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's kind of me in a nutshell if you follow me. Obviously, I'm I'm pretty good about following back unless you're like a bot account. So as long as you don't like a bot account, I'll follow you back. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and, you know, guys, again, you know, a big shout out to Micah for all of his efforts and work uh, covering some of these bowl games. You know, we we decided to collab and figure out how can we do this? How can we make this work? And uh, again, Micah, thank you for all you did. I'm I'm truly appreciative and uh, means the world to me that you uh, stepped in and helped out. My pleasure. And remember, Arkansas State fans that are listening, you were offside. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Uh, made a few changes, logo changes, a slight name change. I'm sure you heard at the top of the show. Uh, you can still find me on social media at the MSC podcast, and that's going to be all the handles now. It's not just one handle for this, one handle for that. That's going to be Instagram, uh, Twitter X, uh, Facebook, um, the the MSC podcast. I think it's cleaner. Uh, going to help me to continue to deliver Mac content uh, and get it out to more people. So really looking forward to the future and what I've got coming up, but thank you guys so very much for tuning in. We will be checking in with you again next week, uh, post the Toledo Wyoming game in the barstool Arizona bowl. Looking forward to that one. Uh, But until then guys, thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next week.